The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio with your host, Ann Gelsheimer. We are entering higher levels of consciousness with both old and new spiritual technologies to help us be the people we've always dreamed of being. We can make the choice to evolve in consciousness and become the change the world needs today. Now, here is Anne Gelsheimer. Hello, and welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio. This is your host, Anne Gelsheimer, and we have a fascinating interview set for tonight. My guest is Victoria Glode, who is a wonderfully kind, compassionate, fun, and highly intuitive animal communicator. Victoria's previous professional work has included counseling, working with addictions, domestic violence, and mental health. But tonight we will discuss her practice of animal communication, which involves establishing a heart connection with an animal and listening intuitively to receive impressions, feelings, and messages from the consciousness of the animal. If that sounds strange, consider this. Whether we're aware of it or not, we are always communicating via an exchange in consciousness. From the perspective of some quantum physicists, as well as some Eastern spiritual traditions, there is only one singular consciousness in the universe— and we are all participating within that one consciousness. Just as a bit of background, I'd like to share how I first met Victoria. Those of you who know me personally know that I adore animals, and I care for many of them in my home. The morning after one of my cats, named Zoe, had passed away, I actually saw her sitting on my bed watching me as I woke up in the morning. I contacted Victoria to ask for help in hearing whatever Zoe might want to share after her transition into spirit. It was enormously comforting to speak with Victoria and to hear those messages she was able to share with me from Zoe. Then again, when my beautiful boy, Hawk, who was a 13-year-old Siberian husky and he was approaching the end of his life, I also called on Victoria again to help me. What I needed to know is, was it time to say goodbye? And Victoria was able to explain to me that Hawk was ready to go at any time and was waiting for me to be ready. She also let me know that Hawk was in more pain than I was aware of at the time. Later, not too long afterwards, I consulted with my vet, and she said the same thing from her medical perspective as Victoria had shared with me from her intuitive communication with Hawk. My vet told me that Hawk was indeed medically ready to go and that he had developed a painful abscess in one of his teeth that I did not realize was there, which confirmed what Victoria told me about there being more pain that Hawk was experiencing than I knew at the time. 
So now that you've all had a little taste of just how helpful animal communication can actually be, I want to welcome Victoria. Welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show, Victoria. Oh, hello, Anne, and hello, everyone. And I am so delighted to share one of my greatest passions. So, and Victoria... My love, my love for the animals is just like you, and just the same. Well, we really bonded over that because after yes, these two <laughs> sessions, we stayed friends. This is, was an in, instant friendship. But yes. I do... Let's, let's talk about, from your perspective, what animal communication is. You know, what a lot of us do not realize is that, maybe consciously realize, is that even if we leave out the word telepathic, which is often used uh, interchangeably with animal communication or intuitive, those all are somewhat the same. But even if we just leave out verbal in our communication with people, our body language and the way we use our words, and not the words themselves, but our body language itself says a whole lot about another person. Right. Or a whole lot to another person. Um, Many ancient indigenous cultures, Uh, speak telepathically to each other, so there is no need for verbal communication. In fact, I met a psychic one time. She's a Native American gal, and she and her children had lived in a community where they only spoke telepathically. Wow. And so it's really quite fascinating. What we don't realize a lot of times is that our animals are constantly communicating with us. So... Let me give you an example. Sure. Um, there's been a couple of times when I've gone to my front door to op- and opened it. And there's Sunshine, my orange tabby, waiting to come in. Now, he gave me that thought. And so a lot of times we are receiving thoughts from our animals, just mm-hmm. as we may be receiving feelings and not realize they're coming from them. That's all telepathic. So when we actually go in to study animal communication, there's so many ways that we can receive information. And practicing that and getting used to it and developing all the many different ways we receive can be quite a long journey and and very fulfilling. So mine has evolved on many levels compared to when I first studied. So, Victoria, how did you know, um, how did you first know that you were actually communicating with an animal and you were receiving information that was accurate? I actually did it with the intention of learning. I had had this really profound experience with a dying animal, and I had been talking to the universe. We can call it God, spirit, whatever you're comfortable with, you know, source. And I I was not living my passion. I was not happy with my work, and it was boring. And I was also reading a book, that went along with this. And it it talked about, this book talked about, like if you're 
you find yourself irritable a lot or you're bored or something uncomfortable is going on, please don't blame it on your hormones because your body is trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. And so I put that request out to the universe, and within a very short period of time, I had a phenomenal experience with a dying animal. And the animal was presented to me by someone who appeared to be a homeless man. But I know today that he was not a homeless man. He just showed up right outside my work in downtown Phoenix. He was looking right at me when I went out the door, and he caught my eye, and he said, I have an injured bird wrapped up in my shirt, and I am this avid bird lover. Oh, yes. I love, love, love birds. I love animals, but I have this special thing with birds. And so, you know, for about a half an hour, this man and I are standing there. The off- it's closing up in downtown Phoenix now because I got out late, and we're standing there, Anne, and I'm trying to figure out where to take an injured bird, and, you know, I wasn't getting any response, and I thought, okay, I'll go home, and by the time I get home, maybe I'll have an answer. And, then, and to really shorten the story, it turned out that the bird had been poisoned. And I was extremely distraught over that. Right. And so then I'm talking to the universe again, and I said, so what am I supposed to do with this experience? I don't want this to be my volunteer work. I want this to be my work. And then because things happen, I believe in serendipity, you know, everything is meaningful, coincidence. Okay. It's never an accident. This flyer comes across my desk at work, and it's on animal communication. And this woman lives in California, and I couldn't go that weekend, but I looked at a website, and I said, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is like counseling, right? Right. And um, I do a session with an animal. And the animal and their person are, are both my clients. So that's how it started. It's not like I had this, this gift. I just went with intention. And I studied a number of different times with this woman, and I found it very easy. And so I practiced with all the people I worked with, all their animals. And um, the more I practiced the easier and clearer it got. And then, you know, then I started charging a little, and before you knew it, I had a business. And then I started doing events and psychic fairs and things like that. So it just evolved. It just evolved. Organically, Mm -hmm. just naturally. So, Victoria, could you share with us uh, what, what the process is for you in connecting with an animal? Well, it has evolved over the, over time, and mm-hmm. so at this point in time, it seems really rather effortless. Sometimes right. I think I'm really not doing anything, and then a person will give me feedback, um, but it's really getting centered, so I, al- I always call in my spiritual team of helpers, because I like to do that. And I, I just get focused and connect. 
And I do it one of two ways. I either go from my heart to their heart, or I go from my third eye to their third eye. And the third eye is the... If, if the audience is familiar with chakras, right. it would be your sixth chakra. And this is the eye of intuition for psychic abilities, telepathic abilities. So sometimes I'll just focus from my third eye to their third eye, but it's such an effortless process that I think the main thing, Anne, is just intention. Mm. And I really do like to have a picture to work with, but I don't have to have a picture. And I just start talking to them. One of the things we don't realize is that when we're talking to our animals, we are sending pictures. Hmm. So if you want to practice with your animals at home, for example, let's say you're trying to teach Fido not to jump on the couch. So what inevitably happens without realizing it is that we're sending a picture of Fido jumping on the couch. And We're not intending don't, to do that. Right, you're saying don't jump on the couch, but they see jump on the couch. <laughs> they see, oh yeah, jump on the couch. So it requires a lot of focus mm-hmm. on sending images. And I do a lot of just verbal communication. I know that as I'm communicating, I'm also sending pictures. Um, depending on what the issue is, I don't focus on sending pictures. And I also get their feelings. So sometimes I'll connect with an animal and I'll feel their sadness or I'll feel their anxiety or their fear. And then sometimes it's just a knowing. Like I just know stuff. I just know. And it all kind of comes together and, and and it forms this picture. Picture wasn't quite the right word. It forms this whole collection of dialogue between the animal and myself. Could you give and us where an we example? get all that information, like like you did when I connected with your dear ones? Right. You know, it all just kind of comes together. But initially, it just takes practice. Now, could you give us an example of something that you've done recently, maybe um, a a, a session with an animal recently, um, that would give an illustration of what you're describing? Okay. Probably the most recent ones mm, might not be... It could be anyone. could be an old one, too. It doesn't matter. might not be the best. Okay, I'll I'll tell you one that was like one of my most absolute favorites. Okay. And they wanted to remain anonymous, even though I'm going to put them in my book. The story is going to go in my book. So the dog's name is going to be Fido. That's just mm-hmm. a nice generic. Everybody knows Fido is usually a dog. Okay. And the person, the caretaker, um, connected with me when Fido was very, very sick. And they had gotten a wagon for Fido, but he liked to go around the lake. But he wouldn't get in the wagon, and he wasn't ready to cross. 
Um, but he was in a lot of pain, and he was very bloated up from medication. Um, possibly that could be prednisone that, that does that. The steroid. But he was very bloated, and he was very sick, but not yet ready to to leave the body. And so I did this connection, and um, I eventually got an email from the person, and she said, you know, after you connected with him, it felt like all of our communications with him became clearer and more intense. She said, the, the lady of the house, she said, I can... I can almost tell what he's wanting to do and what he's wanting to tell me, and it really deepened our connection. And he immediately started getting in the red wagon, and we would go for these beautiful walks around the lake. And I, and I also said to her, there's someone in the home that's going to have a really, really hard time with Fido's crossing over. And she said, yes, that would be my son." Mm-hmm. we'll call him Jefferson. That would be my son, Jefferson. And he was young, like a teenager, but he had the wisdom of an old soul. I could feel that right away. And so anyway, time passes, and one day I get up, and a lot of times I forget to turn on my cell phone. And My clients often call me on my cell phone. And... Sometimes I forget to turn it on, and it was in the later morning, about 20 minutes to 11, and I get a call from the lady, and she says, Fido had a really, really rough night. He was in constant pain, constant Mm -hmm. pain. And so we've called the vet that you recommended, and he's due to be here in 20 minutes, and we just really want to know that he's ready. Because a lot of people at the last minute, that's a huge decision. It is. And Very even hard. though it's obvious and even though it's apparent, there is this, um, this just wanting to know, like, I just really want to be sure. So it was just by divine grace that I happened to get that phone call that I happened to be home, that I happened to hear the phone ring. And we had a quick conversation, and she later sent me an email, and that's what I would like to read to your audience. We don't have to do it in this segment if we don't have time, but that will give such a beautiful picture of what the animal communication can do for both the people and the animal and how it can change everything. So let's do that when we come back from break, and that will be because uh, we want to spend a lot more time on the the transition and and the difficulty that it, it it's a very it's very challenging for anyone who loves an animal to say goodbye. So let's take a break right here. This is Anne Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and we will be right back. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Inside Out is the voice of the inner revolution. 
Join host Beth Green and co-host James Maynard for a weekly program empowering humanity to change. We heal traumas getting in our way, see ourselves more clearly, overthrow stale and destructive personal and social traditions, explore a new liberating spirituality, meet guests who are challenging old ways, and join up with others who are changing themselves and our world. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Why spiritual spelunking? Why tending to our inner garden? Why devoting time to inner being when so much external doing calls upon us? An Indian sage put it wisely, your own self-realization is the greatest service you can render the world. Join host Jeel Asselin as he serves as both guide and companion on the journey within. Nurturing the spiritual spelunker in all of us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Again, that's ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, this is Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome back to Conscious Evolution Radio. My guest today, Victoria Glode, is an animal communicator, and she's been explaining to us how she works and sharing a particularly fascinating case. So, Victoria, you were about to read an email that you received from a family who uh, had to put their dog down. It was their dog, yeah. They had to put their dog down. Would you share that with us? Absolutely. And this was such a gift for me because so many times, I don't get to hear the end result. And so this was just amazingly beautiful. And again, I will will say that the contact was made uh, 20 minutes before the vet was due to come to the home for the euthanasia. And we finished up within about 10 minutes. So here's the email I received later on. Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much for helping us today. There is such a change when they communicate with you. It is really so amazing. Um, I don't remember what name I gave the young man. I'm trying to be confident. Oh, Jefferson. 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 Thank you. (laughs) Jefferson was holding Guido when you connected with him, and he felt an almost instant change in Guido's breathing and body. And our other dog, Duncan, suddenly perked his head right up. 
and was looking around like it was searching for someone, Fido settled dramatically after communicating with you and us and didn't make another cry. The dog had been in a lot of pain all night and was crying, which is what provoked, you know, the call and the decision to, to have him be ready to cross over. The vet was late, so we had extra time with him. Fido was really able to commune with each of us because he was peaceful and no longer distressed after your connection with him. He passed very peacefully in Jefferson's arms as soon as the vet arrived. The vet commented on how remarkable it was. Jefferson said that he felt your graceful assistance in communicating with him was what allowed Fido to have such peace about leaving. Like Fido felt, he'd had the last chance to say his final words. He asked me to be sure to tell you that and to thank you on his behalf. And then, you know, just thanking, thanking, thanking. Now, what I want to tell you about that (laughs) is that meant so much to me because in this very short conversation, I want you to know that I didn't feel like I did anything. I'm talking to Fido, actually telepathically, so I'm not even speaking out loud. And it's like you and Anne, you Anne and I are sitting there having a cup of coffee, and we're just casually having a conversation. And that's what it feels like. It just Mm -hmm. feels like I'm really doing nothing. And that's how it was in this case. And he had no doubt that he was ready. So this leads me into something really, really important that's so important for all of the listeners to understand. We all have different views about death and dying and what happens and really is there life after death. Um, We all have different views and there's no right or wrong and sometimes we evolve and we change with time. And... Here's what I've learned from the animals, and this is why I'm writing the book. This whole process of going through the loss of an animal is one of the most painful times that can happen for us animal lovers. And I've had people confide in me that this was worse than losing a relative or a friend because they, what they are missing is absolute unconditional love that we get from an animal. And we don't get unconditional love from people. We can get a lot of love, but it's not necessarily unconditional because down here on earth, we're dealing with egos and we're dealing with um, everybody has their stuff. So it's not 100% unconditional, but with animals, they come from a much purer place. Here's the other thing that is so phenomenal. Animals totally get that there is no death. Hmm. You see, it is just going from physical to non-physical. And then they're in what I call their energy body or their life body, although they may show themselves to us as we knew them in their physical body. Right. But now they're in their energy body. They're in a higher dimensional place. And... Many of them believe they can help us more from the other side. Some of them actually do a lot to help us from the other side. 
Can you tell us and about that? I'm, some I'm of curious. them want to reincarnate and come back and be with us. Okay. So it's all really different. So and I want to make a quick statement, too, about reincarnation, because many years ago there was a time that I would have said, you know, I'm neither a believer nor a disbeliever. But I was always open-minded. And then the day came when I finally just knew, for me, it was the only thing that made sense, is that we reincarnate. And our soul goes on a journey of learning and growth. And animals do that too. You know, animals do that too. And they have no fear of death. And it's just, it's beautiful to hear them talk. It's beautiful. Now, Victoria, what, yeah. what do they say on the, when, when they're on the other side, you said that they often help us. What kinds of things do you see them helping us with? Well, my kitty, Bo, and I, what I want to tell you about is, even though I'm an animal communicator, mm-hmm. and even though I can connect with my animals when they cross over, I literally fall apart, yeah, and I'm in so, so much grief that it doesn't take, my understanding doesn't take away the grief and the sadness. Right. It's, it's beautiful to have the understanding, but it's kind of like the Buddha said, the root of all suffering is attachment, hmm. and we get attached you know, it can be our spouse, it can be our children, it can be our animals, it can be our stuff, you know? Right. We get attached. That's just part of being human. And so it really doesn't make it any easier for me. And over the years, all of my experiences with my animals that have crossed have been really different. Many years ago, my first female bird crossed over, and it was really devastating because I just found her dead in the morning. And when I realized that a lot of birds, because that's what they tend to do in the wild, you know, they can't show weakness. Right. So they'll just go off and die when they're ready. And um, that's what Bailey did. So I was in absolute shock, and I was numb and this and that. But I want you to know that every night for about a week, before I went to bed, I would sit in my bed, and Bailey and I would have a conversation. And she would talk to me, and she would tell me things like that I didn't know and many wonderful things. And then it all ended, and we've really barely connected since then. Um, my kitty, Bojo, who was my most recent animal to cross, and that's been a good two years, he comes in all the time, and he's guiding me to things to um, help my business, uh, help my spiritual path, and my physical well-being. Like, he's leading me to places. So he's very much, and, and he's showing up and telling me all this. And then when I go into meditation... Some of the guides I work with come in and confirm that. And when I connect with an animal, I often see Bo sitting down by my right foot. You know, he's part of the team. Oh, very so good. It's, it's quite amazing. So when I've got the energy, I want to connect with, with your dear 
beautiful husky. I want to connect with him mm-hmm. and see what he's doing on the other side. You know, my my male bird who crossed, he was with me 19 years. He's reincarnated twice now, and he now spends a lot of time on my patio with his mate. He's, he's an outside bird, and I'm so happy for him because he gets to be free. You but know, he, he comes back to fly. you. It's so beautiful. He comes back. He comes back. And a lot of people, I realize, do not like pigeons, but I love pigeons. I love them. And when you study the archetypes of animals, and um, I do a lot with power animals and animal speak, the work of um, Ted Andrews. Anytime an animal crosses my path, it's significant, and I always look it up to see what it means. And so when I look up pigeons, pigeons represent home and family. And, oh. and, and Murphy Brown, when he crossed, knew I loved pigeons. He knew it. So I was not at all surprised he came in as a pigeon. And, and I recognized him right away because I felt this deep soul connection that we always had. So it's so, quite fascinating. Okay. Now, yeah. I know you said that animals don't fear death. Um, how do they view euthanasia? Because humans can have a lot of guilt feelings about that. How do they view euthanasia? Okay. Here's the first thing I want to say about animals and death. Mm-hmm. Is they pick up all of our thoughts and feelings and beliefs. So a lot of times they will hang around in a lot of physical pain because they know we're not ready. Humans do that too. And I remember my dad lasted a really long time in hospice. And finally my sister, who would go over there every day after work, one night she said to my dad, Dad, it's time to let go. You can go home and Mom's waiting for you. And he, excuse me, he crossed that night with a smile on his face. So she finally gave him the permission. Well, animals sometimes need that from us. And I remember when I found one of my birds really, really sick. Um, You know, I said to her, she's a different bird because she's still alive. I said to her, you know, Hallie, if it's your time to go, I'm going to honor that. And I'm going to miss you terribly. I said, but in the meantime, I'm going to do everything I can to help you get well. And um, we thought we went through three vets, and she finally, we both finally found one that we trusted. And um, she's healthy now. And if you go by the volume of her squawking, she's really healthy. She is very healthy. She came around beautifully, but she wasn't ready to go. And, um, yeah, so she's helping me. She's really teaching me a lot of patience because she never used to squawk and be, I'm very noise sensitive. She -hmm. never used to be very loud, and she is now. And she's not only teaching me patience. I said, come on, Hallie, I'm I'm almost at 100% with this. I said, so can we, like, stop the squatting? <laughs> and now we're going to a whole new level because 
the real lesson is finding peace in the eye of the storm, right? Right, right. So they're one of my most favorite spiritual teachers, spent 10 years in a war-torn country in the Middle East. And he and his mom slept in a convent on a cold concrete floor for 10 years with nothing but pita bread. And he said, and his mother every day said to him, every day there is something for us to be grateful for. So he grew up hearing that message. And, you know, he made this promise to, he calls him God, whatever you want to call that greater power. And he said, if we make it out of here, I'm going to dedicate my life to helping people. And, you know, they made it out of here. They made it out of there, and he's this amazing spiritual teacher now <laughs> with more humility than anyone I have ever heard speak, anyone. It's amazing. So I digressed a little bit, and I tend to do that. But oh, no worries, Victoria. Um, let, you know what? Let's take a break now. And we're going to come back for our final segment. And I know you said you had two fascinating cases. So maybe we'll go back. When we come back, we'll share the second story that was so amazing that's going to go into your book. So this is Ann Gelsheimer. The one I shared with Fido is the Uh one that's going into my book. Okay, very good. I have another fascinating story. That's another good lesson for people. So, yeah, we'll do that one. Okay, so this is Ann Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and we will be right back. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. The divine lives within every one of us. Some people just need help unlocking it. Once you understand your own shadow self, you can begin to take steps to say goodbye to remorse, guilt, and shame. Then, own up to living your life with great delight. Listen for Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting with host Jim Stacy. For 15 years, Jim has studied the Aramaic language, the non-religious language of Yeshua, and through that language, you can learn how to choose the life you want to live and live above smallness and the victim. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders, answering the higher calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. 
Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Again, that's ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, this is Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome back to Conscious Evolution Radio. So my guest tonight is Victoria Glode, and we've been having a really beautiful conversation about our human ability to connect with animals and to learn from them and to hear what they're thinking. And I just wanted to share with the listeners uh, something I shared with Victoria while we were on break. Um, I also love birds, and I, I have a beautiful big blue and gold macaw who's in the front room. And uh, his name is Farley, and Farley has been quiet through the whole interview until Victoria started sharing the story about her bird, Murphy Brown, and how Murphy Brown came back in the form of a pigeon. Well, Farley seemed to find that very exciting because he started squawking <laughs> to get my attention. And it's funny because he knows we're talking about him now. This is through a French door. Like this, is, I'm not in the same room as Farley, but I can see him at the front of that. The house and he's calling out hello hello as we're talking about him right now <laughs> these birds are incredibly intelligent and you were saying on the break they're also quite telepathic victoria what would you all say about animals. <laughs> all animals are telepathic so let me just say a quick thing if i connect with an animal that's having a behavioral issue uh, one time, someone had three cats in the home, and she wanted to know which one was peeing all over the house. And the other two cats p- piped in and told on the one that was <laughs> having all the little accidents. As it turned out, the person of, of all these cats said, this cat is mirroring me because this cat needs more attention and more affection from me. And she is mirroring exactly how I am and what I need. So it's really fascinating. That is fascinating. fascinating. So every animal in the home will be privy to a conversation I am having with one animal. They all hear it. They all hear it. That is so cool. It is. So... I'd like to share another type of case I have worked on that causes so much pain and angst for my clients. Right. And we've talked about the death and dying, but a lot of times an animal will run off. They will just simply leave. And a lot of people will spend a lot of time, um, sometimes a lot of money, trying to find that animal. The very first one I ever connected with was a cat, and the cat did not want to be kept inside 24-7, and the cat just left Mm -hmm. and was not going back. And that's what they'll do. 
they just leave. Um, sometimes they leave because they're not being cared for well. They're not being fed or whatever. Right. So I had a call from a, a lady one time whose cat had run off. And I want to mention that our animals come in and they have contracts with us. They have certain lessons, maybe, that they're going to teach us, just like people do. Sometimes we need to learn the lesson of forgiveness. Sometimes we need to learn self-forgiveness. A lot of times we have guilt when an animal crosses over. I should have done this. I should have done that. And they're there to teach us um, those kind of lessons because they never find fault. I want to tell you, that every animal I have ever connected with, they'll pipe up and say things like, you need to stop feeling guilty because everything you did was perfect. Mm-hmm. And they never find fault with us, ever, ever, ever. So that's comforting to know. So going back to the, to the cat that ran off, the woman right. was very distressed. And when I connected with the animal, it kind of appeared that the animal was in the transition phase because she was very, very sick and she was buried in some trees in the dirt. And as it turned out, when I connected a couple days later, she had just gotten some really bad food and was sick. And she had actually moved on to another home Mm. because her mission or purpose with her original person was to help the person learn this lesson. Now, the lesson was fantastic, and my client is the one that figured it out. My client said, this cat that ran off was always trying to talk, a very talkative cat. And she said, I have a trauma from my early, early childhood that I have never dealt with or talked about or spoken of. And when this cat left, it was very apparent to me that it was my time to deal with this issue. And she figured that out on her own. So she had this huge trauma she had never dealt with, and she buried it. And a lot of us do that. Right. The cat's mission was over. Her job was to help the woman deal with this unresolved issue that was really a very traumatic issue, and she went on to stay with a woman who was grieving. And this woman needed her now, and now she had a new mission. So sometimes animals have more than one mission, and it may or may not be with us, and we could call it more than one purpose. So I really love that story, and I love that the woman understood it and could accept it. Right. That's that beautiful. No, that's beautiful. And, and, you know, making meaning out of what otherwise, you know, someone else might find very hard to accept for a long time. Exactly. I have recently decided that I do not really want to work on missing animal cases anymore. And I'm going to quote something that Penelope Smith has said. Penelope Smith is kind of known as the forerunner of interspecies animal communication. She's one of, there were maybe five people doing it when she started. 
And she doesn't even do it anymore, although she has a beautiful website. But she said the only way, this is for an animal that runs off, the only way you can really know that is an, if an animal is really dead is if you actually see their body. Hmm. Because you cannot ask an animal if they're dead or alive because they're very much alive. You see? Even if they're on the other side in spirit, they're still very much alive. They're very much alive. They're having adventures. They're helping us. They're doing, you know, whatever it is for them to do, Um, just like the human soul. And I'm going to share another thing with you that, that I found very interesting. And when I started connecting with animals after a few years, I would have an animal share with me a past life they had with their person. And right. I was a little uncomfortable with that because I'm thinking, well, what if the person doesn't believe in this? So I would always preface it with a statement, well, I don't know if you really believe in reincarnation, but... What I found out is that an animal would never bring that up if they didn't know their person was open to it. Okay. So I never had a person say, oh, I don't believe in that, when their animal would bring it up. And they they have found it fascinating. I have a friend, we've done many exchanges. She does different work than I do. And she's had me connect just to find out about the past lives they shared together. She loves that. And well, it is so, fascinating, yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. And so we keep coming back with soul contracts of different kinds, and these these beings who are, are animals are very, very close to us. They're very spiritual, and they're very wise, and they have an incredible understanding. You know, when we look at different cultures... We look at the indigenous tribes and their understanding, and we look at the Eastern uh, civilizations uh, over in India and some of the other countries. They understand reincarnation. They understand karma. They understand a lot of things that a lot of Westerners do not. They know that there's life after death, Mm -hmm. and animals know that. And, you know, this reminds me, if I can share one more quick story of an animal I connected with who had recently crossed over. This was a cat. And I was so surprised by what the cat said. The cat was captured by a predator. And I don't remember if it was a coyote or a hawk or something like that. And eaten, you know. And... Mm -hmm. The animal said, I feel honored that I could provide that meal for that animal. And I said to the woman, I've never had an animal tell me that. And she said, yes, but what you don't know about my cat is that she went and ate a lot of animals. Okay. She was a predator. So she would eat birds and do all this and that. And so she understood that... Oh, now it was her turn to give her life for an animal who needed to eat. So it was phenomenal. That is amazing, that that kind of balancing (laughs) of the karma. Exactly. Yes. 
Yeah. Now, what are some other reasons why people connect with you? We've talked about the end of a pet's life and when a pet gets lost, but where else could uh, this kind of communication be helpful? Very often, it's um, we have behavioral issues, and right. So the typical one, and it's important for the for the listeners to know this: if you have an animal that is suddenly, uh, frequently cats will do this because, you know, they have a litter box in the home. And if your cat is suddenly peeing or pooping outside of the litter box, it's very important to get the animal checked out by the vet because that can often be, um, lead to a kidney problem, you know, um, like a urinary tract infection. And so it's the animal's way of showing you, hey, here's a problem. So sometimes acting out is a way of getting your attention. If that's ruled out and everything is physically fine and your vet visit is fine, then it's a behavioral emotional problem. And then you have to explore, okay, what's going on in the home? They could have an issue with another animal in the home. Uh, Cats in particular are very sensitive to change. So sometimes rearranging furniture um, wow. could throw Is a that... cat in a dizzy. Right. Uh, changing, moving the litter box or going in a dirty litter box. So there's a lot of behavioral issues, aggression, and sometimes what you need with aggression besides finding out the cause is an animal really needs to have some good behavioral training. And I'm finally getting a little collection of people in the Phoenix area, because that's where I live, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, that are excellent with behavioral training and can help in that area. So, lots, yeah, a lot of behavioral issues. Animals can go through a lot of grief. Um, animals can sometimes take on our diseases. Oh, talk about that because that's, that's, I've heard that often, but just share that with our listeners because it's very surprising. Okay. Here's my favorite case. I met a gal, um, actually at a full moon labyrinth walk one night a few years ago. And I don't usually just haphazardly say, oh, I'm an animal communicator. But sometimes it seems like I'm guided to say that, you know. So I'm talking to this young girl, and she's behind me in line, and we're waiting to walk through the labyrinth, and they they have a little ceremony. It's lovely. And we're talking, and she says, let me have your card. I may need you. She said, both my horse and I have Lyme's disease. So I didn't hear from her for a really long time, maybe up to a year. And I actually was driving in my car, and it was evening. And she called me, and she said, I'm at the boarding stable. And she said, neither of us are doing very well. And they were, in, they were both in physical crisis with the Lyme's disease. Right. And I connected with the horse, and we only connected for a couple minutes. And the horse said to me, we are having a dark night of the soul. Mm. And I said to the, to the girl, I said, this is, this is what your horse told me. And she said, that's exactly what I told my horse. Wow. 
And she said, I have to go now because my horse is rearing up and is totally out of control. I found out much later that that's, that was her, her, the beginning of her horse's death experience, that he did indeed die that night, and that when he died, her symptoms got better. So, he, like, he took them with him? What I don't know, because the client and I did not get to follow up, right. is did she stay free from the disease? I would have liked to have known that. But I know so, that so, night she, she was having a really hard time with it, and those symptoms left when he crossed. So, Victoria, we just have a minute left, and... Um, okay. I want to make sure that uh, the, our listeners know that there is going to be a guest webpage for you. They can click on your name and they can go to your website. They can, if they're interested, they can book a session with you at a distance by phone or in, or they can come in person and that sometimes you even teach classes. Uh, and that information is uh, also available through your email list. So thank you so much. I love talking to you and I just I'm so I so treasure our friendship that's developed based on this animal communication and our love of animals. Oh, and I feel the same way and I'm really honored and blessed. So thank you very very much. Much love to you. So this is Ann Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio and thank you so much for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Conscious Evolution Radio. Please join Ann Gelsheimer for another great show next Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We hope to see you next week.